Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. Right off the jump, I'm going to update about my endeavor because I think it's important to keep up to date. Some don't like that, but I am who I am and I'm not going to change because, as I like to say often in other places, This above all to thine own self be true. Given this, let's quick breeze it. It won't take long, but I do think it's important so you know where I'm at. Endeavor is going reasonably good. The existing Endeavor, let's call it Endeavor Legacy. Uh, There was some bit of a challenge, and I may need to tell them to kick rocks. I hope not, but it's not their fault this time. It's actually my contact. My contact isn't acting like a business. And if you've heard me on the cryptocurrency side multiple times, I've said I want to interact with people who want to act like a business. I treat it seriously, all of it, whether it's cryptocurrency business or my you know, endeavor. I treat it serious that they need to act like a business. If they're not going to act like a business, I will gladly tell them to kick rocks because that's just how I roll, right? So <laughs> I've been working with him. He was fine up front. And then all of a sudden, he started you know, like big worm playing with my money. It's like playing with my emotions. I get paid, but not the way I need to be. So since I've signed the second endeavor, the hope was I could have both running and just get the money flowing like crazy. And yes, I could do this, but this guy is not acting like a business now. And so I may need to tell him to kick rocks. Now I've got a different contact on the client side who ultimately is the one who funnels the money to this contact and then the contact pays me. I'm gonna have a contact uh, point with the client side See if I can get it to where they just pay me directly and bypass this idiot and get him out of the loop because of non-responsiveness. Not because of anything directly wrong, but it's like, I need, you can't be doing that. So there's a lot of turmoil. Now it's not the client. Now it's my contact. Whereas before it was the reverse. It's this whole chaotic, and it seems like it never ends in what I do for a living. I work contract, right? And so then either the client starts playing stupid games and I got to tell them to kick rocks but then my contact is great to work with or the contact starts playing stupid games, but the client's great to work with. I can't seem to get this perfect synergy of everything working. 
Well, that's them. Then the second, the new client that I got, we wrapped up the second day. Mostly it's just a bunch of calls where I'm listening in for red flags and there's a lot of red flags. And this is a long, long path and they're not really sure exactly where I'm going to perfectly fit in, but I believe I'm going to just try to keep things on track, try to make sure it's a smooth implementation, be the point of contact for the vendor when they start hitting the ground. Once that all starts, I'm going to be giving some bad news to the vendor and I've worked with them before, but I am going to interject some things because I do want to make sure that that one's as smooth as butter because I like the client so far. Um, they don't have the same issues of the first. Now, I learned later that my contact on the side who I've worked with before apparently screwed up the paperwork when they sent it up to the client. So the client thinks that I'm a completely different name and information. So I had to tell them this is all jacked up and then tell the contact, you know, something got sent wrong, which I knew it was. And I had given that update before that it's like, I just can't get competence nowadays. They, they don't believe in quality and I'm not playing that brother. So while the money is there and it's cool and all that, it's just every single time I turn around, it seems like there's a never ending hits the fan type of scenario going on. And I don't rightly know, again, what happened to the demise of quality, actually wanting quality, quality of what you do. Like, why don't you care about what you do? I, I don't know. So that's my personal life is dealing with this fiasco on two different fronts and my quest to try to get the money I believe I should deserve so that I can get back to what I had before. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get in some news. We have a couple of different points. I have a couple of follow-on points, but we do have a couple of different points. And then one directly very important one I think you definitely are going to want to know. If you're watching Luda Classic and have done, you will have noticed that it dipped. If you're watching the overall cryptocurrency, you'll notice that pretty much everything dipped with the exception of possibly Bitcoin. Now, I want you to understand that when Luna Classic goes up, everything else goes down. When Luna Classic goes down, seems like everything else goes up. And then when stable coins show green, so you'll see that they go green temporarily, even though it's stable, it means that ultimately there's a lot of buy pressure. There's buys. And so what's happening is that people are dumping to stable. They're stabling whatever's going on. So you can watch the graphs and you can watch the different tokens and get a sense of what the majority of people are doing. And as I said, there's not very many people in cryptocurrency. It's the same people recycling the same money effectively. Very few are making super amounts of wealth right now. So the money is largely bouncing from project to project. They're either going after some garbage that just launched. I just saw this CVTC. Some garbage has got 20 holders and did an initial pump of a hundred something thousand dollars when it doesn't really do anything. These kinds of garbage tokens that spin up, you'll see money flow over there. You'll see money temporarily flow into Bitcoin. You'll see money flow into Ethereum and Ethereum is somewhat down from where it was. You'll see money flow into Luna Classic. You'll see money flow into stable coins, et cetera, et cetera. And so there comes a point where you can start predicting when they start flowing into different directions, whether it's stable versus the big player, Bitcoin, Ethereum versus something like a garbage token. There's a trick to it. It takes time. Over time, you do learn how to observe that and how to predict it so that when you're doing your own investments, 
you can know exactly what you should do next for your own portfolio, which is either I'm going to stable because I know people are going to start dumping off my private projects. I'm going to buy the dip because I believe they're going to buy back in at some point. I'm going to sell because I think this is going to crap at some point. You can start getting to the point where you can predict exactly what you should do later based on some of this activity that you see. That's not to say it's a perfect science because you don't know why things are happening. That's the gap. That's where everybody guesses. Nobody knows exactly why people are doing some of this stuff. We know why people stable. They might stable because they believe there's going to be some disruption in the general industry. They might stable because of tax season. They might stable because of a number of different reasons, but they're all speculative. We can never know 100% exactly why we see some of these waves of trading. And if you weren't sure, in 2021, we didn't see this significant level of wash. We didn't see it. We saw pretty predictable patterns of in and out. And so I believe it's a symptom of the bear market. This is my opinion. I could have it completely wrong, but in my opinion, it is a symptom of the bear market that they do these things. So with Luna Classic, the ups and downs and everything that you're seeing, the predominant theory is that people are largely swapping money from cryptocurrency stable versus cryptocurrency garbage to cryptocurrency Bitcoin, to cryptocurrency Ethereum to cryptocurrency Luna Classic. And they're basically just following the wave, as I call it. Following the wave is a FOMO term. It means that wherever I see something is going up, even ever slightly, I'm dumping money in there to try to get on the bandwagon, take a little bit of that profit. That's fine. For some people, that's a viable trade strategy. I don't do that, but some people do. Some people will just sit on a project and hold, hold, hold. Some people are just, you know, pump and dump, right? Everybody's got their own strategy. I don't personally support this follow the way, follow the trend type of trading. I believe you should find projects that they, they follow what you believe. They are in accordance with what you support. And you are giving your money to these projects because you support the return that you expect from them. That's why, because I had a user on YouTube, Dion, who was asking, you know, I want to understand why you're so bullish on EverRise. Now, frankly, it should be blatant obvious why anybody should be bullish on EverRise just because of everything that they do. Just one look at their site, everrise.com, and looking around and seeing all the things they've created should have a bullish sentiment for everybody. Anybody who says they can't see it, and this is not an insult, I'm being honest, hear me out. Anybody that cannot see the reason for being bullish about EverRise, that means that you have been conditioned to look for the wrong things in cryptocurrency. In cryptocurrency, I believe, and many others, you'll hear in other YouTube channels and some podcasters, but not many, but other YouTube for sure, you'll hear that the future is about utility. Utility means something very specific. And to me, utility is something that is usable outside the crypto bubble. It appeals to the general population, not to a segment of the audience. All of these tokens that spin up NFTs and go crazy with NFTs of monkeys and dogs and cats and whatever garbage, they're appealing to the 1% of the 1% that cares about that kind of stuff. And that, that number of people is dwindling because they woke up and got a clue realizing this is just basically a, a, a grift, essentially. So now... NFTs, we're starting to see utility-based NFTs. EverRise has utility-based NFTs. ETHJets has utility-based NFTs. We're starting to see utility-based NFTs take a forefront as well. Then you have these tokens where they built this whole ecosystem and EverRise is right at the forefront. 
It's not about this over here that has a bank and they have a treasury and they have all this stuff, rebase and all these gimmicks that don't sustain. And then when the bear period hits, they crap. It's not about the ones that spin up, again, garbage art NFTs. It's not the ones that claim to have a racing program. It's not the ones that, that claim they're going to do a blockchain. You got to understand that any utility, when we say the word utility, must appeal to everybody outside the crypto bubble. Because as I said, everybody in cryptocurrency right now is basically just washing money through different projects. I care about the other 94, 93% who are not in cryptocurrency yet. Their money is who I want to appeal to them. It's got to make sense to them. Right now, projects like Occult DAO, as an example, and I'll pick on them because I can, it's my show, think that they appeal outside the bubble and they don't. They look like outlaw mud show freaks in their presentation. So while their idea might be kind of intriguing, they're not able to really explain it to anybody other than read manifesto, which is not going to appeal outside the bubble. I could go on and on. Shibarium. The Shiba verse and all that crap is not going to appeal to anybody outside the crypto bubble, except in maybe Japan. Other than that, it's not going to appeal to people. What Satama talks about doing appeals outside the bubble. They can't execute. So it's wasted. Things like Kishu. Kishu has a great message, but it doesn't benefit its investors. Things like Floki, because they have a reputation of being a rug pull twice, don't appeal to people. And then there's all these ones that are newer that spin up and I do coverage and I say, I'm not sold yet. <laughs> we got to buy some time. Terrarium's a great example. Great messaging, great marketing, right? Great people, actually. And then they, they haven't delivered anything of note. And so I'm still waiting. But again, that's the flaw of crypto is they can't seem to execute and pull the trigger on everything except Everrise, which is I have a good message. I peel outside the bubble. I can support, I don't force telescam. Like they are, they try to act like a business and then they went after venture capital. That's what I'm saying. If you can't understand the value of Everize, looking at what they do, looking at their site, everize.com, and it doesn't click the value that it brings and the potential. All I'm saying is, is that you have been conditioned to look for the wrong things for cryptos that you traded. It doesn't mean you should stop. It's up to you. If you still want to go after the gambles, that's fine. No problem. I'm saying that anybody that doesn't see why Everize is probably the most bullish project in all of cryptocurrency outside of Ethereum right now is, is not looking for the right things. And so I'm, my call to action to you really is to compare your, take any project that you're invested in or looking at or watching. Take any of them, any of them. I don't care what it is. This is how confident I am. Take any of them. Take a look at their site, not Telescam, their site, their website. And your takeaway from their site is if you were not already in cryptocurrency, so imagine you were brand new to this. If you remember when you were new to this, take a look at that project from that lens that you were brand new to it. Does it make sense to somebody who's brand new, who doesn't understand terminology, who doesn't maybe understand technology even, who doesn't understand the risk? Does it make sense? I guarantee you the chances are the answer is no. Now, you could explain it to them as a friend, sure, but then I want you to go and look at Everize's site and ask yourself the same question. If I were brand new to this, if I were not in cryptocurrency and didn't even know where to start, which of those projects is going to resonate better to somebody who's used to outside the bubble sites and services?
answer that question for yourself and then come back and be, if you're still lost about bullish again, you can contact us, cryptotalkradio.net, hit the contact form, come straight to me and I'm happy to help beyond that. But I think it's pretty obvious if you learn about what to really look for, which is outside the bubble of cryptocurrency of if I didn't know these terms, if I didn't know this eco, will this make sense? Is it obvious what they're trying to do? Is it obvious how they solve problems? Is it obvious the value that they bring? If it's not, again, I'm happy to help. But I think it is if you take the time to really challenge, look at it and really challenge. Now, let's talk about Bitcoin and stock. We had a little bit of disruption happen specifically around Bitcoin. And it actually portends, P-O-R-T-E-N-D-S, for good things because the consumer price index, CPI, came out and basically it's showing inflation like we always knew was going to happen. This is actually a good thing because what it means in my last update, I talked about the fact that they were trying to constrain the printing down. And unfortunately, they were not successful in doing so because we still have inflation numbers. The price of gas out here in Nevada actually is one of the highest in the nation right now. It's a little bit over five bucks. I don't have a car at the moment by design, by purpose, but I can understand the pain because money simply doesn't go as far. And even though I make more than the average worker, I can feel that burn. I can feel where it's money's just not going as far enough. What we see is that when there are these points of inflation, excessive money printing, and then prices going up of things, and we see that things are harder to do that you could easily do before, we see that there's seems to be, for whatever direct reason, more investment in cryptocurrencies and other risky assets. It may be a form of lottery slash gambling because people may feel, again, I'm going to be a millionaire, deep, deep, deep. That may be part of it. Can't say for sure, just that there seems to be that pattern. And so that means bullish sentiment. If you heard one of my old, old episodes, I estimated a Q3 for a bull run. We got some bull run, but we didn't get the true bull run. So we got a little bit of pumps, but then, you know, again, the government went up there, started saying stuff to kill the business with uh, the SEC, Gensler, and, you know, the, the uh, Federal Reserve, um, Mr. Printer. So we, we had some disruption because, as I said, I believe the government purposely tries to depress, as in hold back, cryptocurrencies growth with these statements that cause fear and people are afraid. They don't want to invest all in. And I believe, my opinion, that the way to counter it is for people to stop being afraid and stop FOMO selling. Every time they say something, they should do the opposite. They should say, screw you. We're going to go all in and let's see you stop all of us en masse because I'm pretty sure they cannot but people are afraid, rightfully so. We have exchanges locking stuff down, so I understand. And I think that's because that's a symptom of people being conditioned to go to the exchanges for all these different you know, bots and all these perks and all the things instead of keeping it in their wallet, which would largely keep them safe from that disruption. But we trained people the wrong way, so we're gonna see those formal cells as long as the government keeps talking that. And then of course, the other half, I believe, people are waiting for the blowout in November that they expect to happen. The Treasury Department has come out recently and they were talking about this whole business that's been going back and forth with Tornado Cash. And of course, Tornado Cash had to pretty much shut everything down. They had to block. And so this caused a major disruption in everything that was flowing around. What For those that weren't following this, using Tornado Cash is essentially forbidden. You're not supposed to use it. Tornado Cash actually had a bunch of wallet addresses blocked from different exchanges. So that even if you tried to use it, it wasn't going to let you 
route the funds out to different places, you had to jump through some hoops. And so we saw a bunch of these startup services like Void Cash and its others try to do basically the same thing. Well, some people actually have money stuck in Tornado Cash still. And this caused a little bit of a, a problem where they were trying to say, okay, what the heck's going on? I need to get my money. Do, do. <laughs> well, they came out today and they said, all right, if you want to get your money out, you need to apply for a license from OFAC. For those outside the United States or don't know, OFAC is the Office of Foreign Assets Control. I, in one of my coverages, I talked about the OFAC involvement. The Office of Foreign Assets Control, their primary mission, and I want to simplify it, I'm not reading directly verbatim, but to simplify it down, they are involved anytime they believe that there are assets of a foreign origin or a foreign destination or for which they could be used against United States interest. That's their whole point, is to try to duly note, track, and trace funds in and out of the United States where the United States jurisdiction starts to apply. So then they gave this guideline and it's on the Treasury's website. You can check it for yourself. But in summary, the biggest statement here, quote, United States persons or persons conducting transactions within U.S. jurisdiction may request a specific license from OFAC to engage in transactions involving the subject virtual currency. And with this, you have to basically give up yourself and your information because for those outside the United States, anytime the government wants you to, quote, apply for a license, I guarantee you there is no longer any privacy in this business. You will identify, if you don't know the Patriot Act, it's a very similar thing. You need to verify who you are, identify who you are. It's probably a very tedious process. It's probably a very slow process. It's probably not going to happen overnight. If I know them and how it works, it's probably going to be months before you get a thing. I haven't gone through the process because I don't need to. It wouldn't surprise me because our government, when they put this kind of hoop in front of things, it slows it down to a crawl on purpose because they understaff it on purpose because they don't want you to get access to the funds. Quote, users will also be required to provide at a minimum information about the transaction, including the wallet address of both the sender and the beneficiary. If you know Tornado Cash, you understand why that's a problem. If you don't, here's the thing. When you use Tornado Cash, you are obfuscating, as in you're blinding to anybody trying to find out the, the source of the money, where it came from, and where it went. What they're saying here is, in order for me to get you your money, you will expose where that origin was, wallet address, and then who was going to get it. The reason this is going to concern some people is that if you expose the origin, it will also expose if that money was illicit, I-L-L-I-C-I-T, in origin and the destination if that origin was illegal, <laughs> right? Because the whole point of Tornado Cash is to not show those two address, source, and destination. Here you must do in order to get the money out of the thing. So you're basically exposing yourself. Now, there is supposedly protections against self-incrimination. However, I guarantee you that's not going to apply in this. So if you're banking on that to say, well, they can't, you know, if I was if doing that is going to self-incriminate myself and I'm, I'm going to plead the fifth, I guarantee you're not going to be able to do it. I guarantee you. They'll just basically say, all right, screw you. You're just not getting any money. <laughs> Quote, U.S. persons, United States, are prohibited from engaging in transactions involving tornado cash. Therefore, using the platform be considered a violation of United States sanctions prohibitions. Now, here's where it got really weird. They said that you can't use the service. You can't use Tornado Cash. However, 
you can interact with the code. What that means is that you could fork the code, you can do whatever you want with the code of the thing, you just cannot use the existing Tornado Cash business. Why does that matter? It opens the door for the forks. Now, the thing is, if you open the door for the forks, and the developer is still in jail, by the way, but if you open the door for the forks, I question why you would want to do it because you're basically saying, yeah, go ahead and lock me up too. Do, do. The other interesting point here, the idiot Vitalik and Coinbase's chief legal officer, both are users of Tornado Cash. And for the reasons the US government doesn't want, which is they were trying to hide their transactions. So the most infamous, I said infamous, not famous, infamous person in Ethereum used this illicit tool. The chief legal officer of Coinbase used this illicit tool. We're not talking a tool that's used by the underground. We're talking a tool that was kind of accepted as mainstream until it started to be used for illicit gains. A lot of devs who would basically rug pull the project and then tornado cash it out to steal from the investors, for example. You can't have one without the other. If you're gonna create this tool for anonymity, that means everybody can be anonymous. If you're gonna ban that tool for anonymity, that means nobody can be anonymous. You, you can't mix and commingle. What I'd like to see, and I know it won't happen, but I, what I'd like to see is that the idiot Vitalik has legal actions against him for having used the tool for potentially, keywords so don't come at me, potentially illicit gains. It won't happen. I'm saying I'd love to see that. I'd love to see him pulled up in front of something and asked to say, what illicit crap did you do? Because that might help us explain this whole business of Leica and his potential involvement in all these scams. Now, NFTs. Anybody that's listened to my show for a long time has heard me crap on NFTs because I struggle to understand their purpose. There are, of course, utility NFTs I talked about earlier. I got you. I'm talking in general. Generally speaking, I struggle with why. Why is there such a hype? Why am I seeing these bored apes, terrible bored apes and all this terrible stuff going for bankrolls, I struggle with it. Well, we had some high level people come out and these are in NFTs, these are DAO people, big people came out and they said, Wagme is dead. Wagme, of course, is we're all going to make it. And <laughs> saying it's dead, I don't know that it was ever alive. Regardless, they said, you know, the future of NFTs and they had a panel and they were talking about it and said, you know, this, this thing, and they stole my phrase because if you listen to me for a while, I said, I think people are tired of NFTs in general. I think people don't want to see them in every single project. I think that's what causes certain people selling because they're tired of them. In my opinion, that's my opinion on it. Well, this group of very high quality, high caliber, high credential people agreed with me. Finally, it just took them a long time to come around. So apparently. Leister does know what he's talking about. It's just they don't come back and give my credit before things I've been calling out. My archive is available to everybody listening to you today. Here, everybody, you can go back to the multiple times I have crapped on NFTs and said I think people are tired of them. I can go countless projects where I've told them I think you're harming yourself going all in on NFTs and nobody wants to listen to Leister, and that's cool. I'm going to keep on marinating in the cut until they come around. Quote, a lot of people hated me for effing with NFTs. This girl hopes the merge will make people hate her. So 
this girl, she's part of this group and her name of her group. I never understood it. Cause I'm like, if you're going to name yourself like that, you might as well be a porn you know, actress or set of porn actresses, uh, you know, so I'm not going to name the name of the group, but she's part of this group. And then apparently she got all in with NFTs and she loved NFTs and did all that crap. And then she was doing heavy trading during the time when there was, you know, the gas fears get out of control because of NFT minting pretty much on the Ethereum side. She was one of those. And yeah, I was going to do this. And apparently she got a bunch of people turning on her. You got to know, man, I have said, I think people are tired of NFTs. And for whatever reason, nobody, again, listen to me, but for whatever reason, it took a while for people to come around to that reality that it's not that the NFTs themselves are the problem. It's that they're all the same thing. It's just garbage art that somebody throws out there that doesn't really do anything. They tried all gimmicks. They tried staking. They tried NFT stakes. They tried NFT games. Everything you can think of, nothing was going to resonate. And now we have a couple that are coming out that have some realistic use cases. And my concern is that they may not be as successful as I think they should because we've already come after the fact, after we burn people out on them. And so it'll take some time to recoup that that we have lost. It's never been that I don't want people to try NFTs. It's I want them to do something, again, outside the crypto bubble, and none of them seem to want to do that. That's always been my beef, always will be my beef, and hopefully we're now coming to the point where we are after that garbage. Hopefully. I can't say for a fact. And then the last, I'll do two updates. This one will be pretty quick. Coinbase. Coinbase, of course, if you're in the United States, is pretty much your only choice or primary choice to get the vast majority of cryptocurrencies should say primary because there's a lot of other things. So they come out and they said, you know, we're having a lot of problems. People are not trading like we used to have. Duh. We're not in that bull, but there's other problems with Coinbase. And that's why I said it won't take that long. And I wanted to summarize Coinbase's issue hinges around their strategy. Coinbase is one of those where, like I said, it's easy to do. It's easier for anybody in the United States to deal with them. But the problem with Coinbase has always been who they choose to list, what they choose to list, and why. And then the fees that they charge. The fees are outrageous. I just I just bought a significant amount of crypto for uh, purposes of sending elsewhere to do other stuff. And it's the fastest for me to buy. And it triggered my security thing on my card. I had to call and get that freed up got it freed up, did the purchase. This business, I'm pretty sure it was a 5%, yeah, 5% fee on this, which I'm not happy about, but again, that's, and a lot of them do charge fees. It's not that they don't charge fees. It's that Coinbase is egregious with it. And then they want you to do Coinbase One. Coinbase One is like 40 bucks a month, and then you avoid the, the uh, trade fees as well as certain transaction fees. You don't avoid the spread and the spread is assumptive. Well, I can't justify 40 bucks a month to do it today because I'm not that heavy of a trader. So anybody who's trading, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars, yeah, the 40 bucks a month is probably nothing because you're, oh, the fees you're getting nailed with, it certainly pays for itself. In my case, I don't trade that much yet. I might next year if I can get both of the clients kind of firing on all cylinders and I get the contact to work then yes, I would be trading enough that it would make sense. But right now it doesn't make sense. So now I'm getting nailed to these fees that I don't like. <laughs> and so that's turning people off too. It's like, okay, you're, you're basically scamming us at this point because this Coinbase one surely does not pay for this fee as an equivalent. It's a joke. So there's that. 
and then what they choose to list and what they don't. They refuse to list BNB, so I have to buy from them, transfer it to KuCoin, who will happily sell me BNB. The reason I don't use my card on KuCoin is because, for whatever reason, it'll consistently reject the transaction, even though there's nothing wrong with the card. Okay, well, that is what it is. That means Coinbase gets the transaction, and then I have to send it to KuCoin to do the work to get just this one token that I want to do something else with. I can't do it any other way. So I think a lot of people are getting turned off by Coinbase's picking and choosing of a thing. They're not as bad as Robinhood, but they're pretty dang bad. So it doesn't surprise me that they're seeing this dips on their, almost cussed, their platform. <laughs> and I think it's going to continue. Um, but it is, it's, it's an ongoing problem. Also, Coinbase tends to have a lot of technical issues. When SHIB went live on Coinbase Pro, they launched at the wrong price and people were trading at the wrong price and ripping other people off that were getting in it. And, and that was the most rush for SHIB. But they were paying the wrong price. They were paying inflated prices and it just killed it, killed it. When I did the trade today, it was timing out for no reason and all this other stuff and it was bad. And that's a constant with them. They had a lot of things where their technology isn't as stable. That's not as, it's not as crappy as like Kraken or something. But it doesn't seem to be stable like you'd expect of an exchange of its size. There's technical, weird technical issues. Part of it is the fact they keep tweaking things like they got rid of Coinbase Pro. And Coinbase Pro was way more, was faster, number one. Number two, it didn't have the fees to add funds or to do trades or all that stuff. They got rid of it and they wrapped it into this advanced garbage. And then they started, everything went haywire from there. So doesn't surprise me. It is what it is. And then the last bit is about SHIB, Shiba Inu, and Bone. Long time ago, I said that the Bone, ages ago, I said Bone was going to be the, it's going to be, people are going to start scooping it up because of the Shibarium. And if you didn't know, Bone is going to be changed to where it's going to print, so it's no longer going to be fixed supply. So people started more heavily trading Bone because they believe that there's going to uh, be a need for it for the Shibarium that is allegedly coming. They trade. They changed everything to where the minting was halted temporarily. People were buying it like nuts. There was a lot more burn for SHIB. It still isn't going to make a dent in it at all. But it is something that's out there if you're in the SHIB ecosystem to possibly watch the price movement going forward. Now, of course, I think SHIB, I still say that SHIB is one of those that's not going to go very far. I don't think that it, I don't think it can mostly because they've lost a lot of people. The burns are not going to make a dent as I covered in my YouTube video, but time will tell if I'm right or wrong. For now though, what to watch the market again. That's why I said don't you like with Lunk Classic, Luna Classic. That's why I said don't YOLO in this stuff because you can never know, but I do think we will recover. I do think we'll get back to some sanity. And right now we needed this disruption. We do need some consolidation. We did need some basic common sense back in cryptocurrency. Give it some time and be patient. But again, be smart. Make sure people are fed, roofs over your house, bills are paid. That's first and foremost. Don't get tempted on this business. It's simply not worth it. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices. Whether you're a new listener or a subscriber, we appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of smart, strong, smart investors, the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency 
to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that will say the word Keck. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.